Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we explore the big political issues of the moment. I'm Mike Siluma, and thanks for joining us. As the country gears up for next year's elections, the idea of an opposition coalition to unseat the African National Congress has moved center stage of political discourse. In this episode of the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, Sunday Times Politics editor Sbonga Gwankeshoba spoke to Peter Grunewald, who is the leader of the Freedom Front Plus and one of the parties to the proposed alliance. Among other things, Grunewald warned that to be viable, such an alliance must be led by a black person. This is how the discussion went. You asked Mr. Ramaphosa to sit down first. I'm standing. Now I warn you. I need to put on my big girl panties and keep going. You can't have two speakers standing at the same time. Security services of the Republic of South Africa, you may intervene. There's been several attempts on my life. Lower that hand. The president is accused of that serious crimes. In order to pursue the greater good, you have to enable some people to eat a little bit. Corrupt people do not eat alone. They have a spider web. I now suspend the proceedings. I now suspend the proceedings. I have warned. Thank you so much, Dr. Kuruva, for availing yourself. Maybe let's let, let, let's start with your party's performance. You, you registered significant growth in 2019 and, and 2021. Um, what does your your research tell you about the coming initial general elections? It looks very good. Yes. Uh, we do have an increase in, for instance, uh, memberships, uh, people joining the Freedom Front Plus. Uh, uh, there is quite a lot of interest in this sense. They phone me and they phone the officers. Mm. And the reason I also say that you must also remember is that if you take 2021 elections, uh, we went from uh, 69 councillors to 238. Mm. So that was uh, quite an increase as well. And what also contributes of uh, getting more uh, supporters is the fact that we have in each and every province uh, office now. Mm. The 2019 election actually was a huge boost for the Freedom Front Plus in this sense that we received much more levies and, uh, or not uh, uh, allowances, or not levies, allowances, mm. um, so that we could... From uh, the IEC? Uh, say again? From the IEC or...? No, no, well, from the IEC as, uh, as well, as you must remember, each and every public representative uh, on provincial and national level gets an allowance. Yeah. Constituency allowances. Mm. Um, so uh, that contributed. Mm. Uh, that we could have uh, enhanced our whole uh, administration and our administration, of course, then uh, it's actually you're in a better position mm. to do campaigning. Yeah. So uh, it looks uh, very good for us. And uh, I do believe uh, that we're going to do quite well again. Mm. And I can say now, I will ask again for a million votes. Yes. So that's what I'm going to ask this election. Mm. In 2019, when I've asked for a million votes, uh, people said uh, it's unrealistic. Mm. We got almost halfway. So I think uh, the next one, uh, we will go over the halfway mark and uh, 
I will ask for a million votes again. Yeah. What do you think is uh, behind the, the, this growth? What, what drives this growth? There are different factors. Well, actually, yes, we did take away voters from the Democratic Alliance. Mm. And the reason I say that, it's very difficult to, to put a number on, on that. Mm. Some people are trying to say that, well, uh, the DA lost say, so many votes and you gain so many votes and then they make a simplistic, uh, can I say, a generalizing sort of approach to say that that's the number of votes you took from the DA. Mm. But that's not the correct way to do it. Mm. Uh, what happened is all the years, uh, and specifically, say, from 2009 already, mm. people came to the Freedom Front Plus say, listen, we support what you are saying and we believe in your policies. Mm. But we must now first vote for the strongest opposition party so that uh, we can win the ANC. Mm. And now what happened in 2019, and we had the campaign, very strong campaign to say, your vote counts. Mm. Uh, the DA's campaign was don't waste your vote on smaller parties. Mm. Well, now we're not a small party anymore. We're the fifth largest party in parliament. So mm. we are part of the big five. Mm. So people then realize you can vote for a, another opposition party and your vote still counts. That's mm. the first thing. Secondly, I went out of my way to uh, visit communities and organizations that asked me to come and address them. Mm. And I explained to them what happens if you do not go and vote. Mm. Uh, and if you do not vote, you're making the ANC stronger. Yes. And I've convinced quite a lot of people uh, to register and to vote, and they voted for the Freedom Front Plus. Mm. So I would say those are the two main uh, reasons. Mm. I do believe that uh, our campaign on Fight Back uh, also played a role. Mm. Uh, I mean, our posters and everything of uh, Fight Back, Afrikaans Land Terug, people came to me and said, well, that's the way they feel. Mm. So for the 2019 election, people felt that they must send a message to the government. Mm. And that was part of to say, we will fight back. And that is, of course, (laughs) by means of figuring, uh, it's it's not physical fighting back. Mm. It is a matter of a political approach to say that uh, we will not just accept everything. Mm. Uh, so I think those were the main contributors uh, as far as why we had that growth mm. in 2019. Yeah, the Front of Plus right now is uh, is is one of the key uh, players or partners in the in the opposition pact that you mm. are putting together. Yeah, I, I I stumbled on a video by one of your leaders. Uh, um, I think it's um, it's Mr. Mulder, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, talking about what needs to happen for this pact to work, saying that you need a movement uh, similar to the UDF of the olden days. And and to me, that, that means you bring everyone together. Yeah. So why is this pact excluding other parties such as the EFF, uh, such as the Patriotic Alliance? Is the Freedom Fund Plus in support of the exclusion of those parties and why? Okay, firstly, uh, we must, dis- and I don't like the name pact, but I know what you mm. understand what you say. Mm. I am of, on record that uh, 
look, we're going to have this uh, conference, well, uh, convention, Mm. uh, but it's nothing else than a conference. Mm. Uh, It is the 16th and 17th of August. Mm. And then we will make final decisions on the 9th. But to answer your questions directly, firstly, you referred to uh, what my colleague said. Now, we must separate the issues. Mm. Uh, I am of the opinion that when you go to civil society, mm. okay, let me first put it other way. Yes, we must mobilize, uh, so, uh, can I say, the communities, mm. uh, the civil society. Uh, they must come on board mm. to say we had enough of an ANC government and we want change. We must save South Africa. But that should not be politically connected. Mm. Because the moment you have, make it politically connected. Uh, then civil society and some civil organizations, uh, the unions and everyone like that, will come forward and say, no, we're not interested. Mm. Because it's now politically. So we must separate the two. And to give you an example, in 2017, there was a march, a protest march in Pretoria to the union buildings. Mm. And civil society and organizations came together. I took part in that march. It was Kusatu Mm. with all the different affiliates. It was different political parties. Mm. Uh, And at that stage, it was to get rid of Jacob Zuma. Mm. Uh, but it was organized by civil society. Yes. So if you want my view on this, civil society must come forward amongst themselves and organize to say, it doesn't matter which opposition party you vote for, Mm. but at least ensure that you go and vote and make a change in South Africa. Mm. So it must not be seen as a politically driven Mm. action. That's very important because, and the reason I say that, a coalition government can just succeed if we get political parties that can take away the voters from the ANC. They must be attractive uh, for the voters of the ANC. For instance, I know the Freedom Front Plus, although I received calls from Soweto where people want to ensure that, ask me to to come and establish some branches in, in Soweto. Mm. I get those calls, uh, but I'm realistic. I know that the Freedom Front Plus is not the party that will get ANC supporters in mass to move away from it. Mm. But there are other political parties. Yeah. The DA is supposed to do it. Mm. So I am. Um, it's good to see that you get some new parties. For instance, Horizon uh, <clears throat> Zanzi mm. from Mr. Zibi, and those parties, and they must work hard. Mm. The other thing is to win the and a change in government, we must ensure that people are registered and they go and vote. So the focus of this movement, as well as the political parties, the coalition, the multi-party coalition group, I call it the multi-party coalition group, they must work hard to get those eligible voters to go and vote. Mm. And it is not only just to get the ANC out of government. Of course, they're the government, and they've messed up South Africa, so we must get rid of them. But it is about we must get change in South Africa, change to the better of all the citizens in South Africa. You ask about the EFF and all those parties. Now, firstly, the Freedom Front Plus 
uh, will not go in a coalition government where the EFF is part of, mm. as well as whether if the ANC is part of that. I'm on record on that already. Yeah. And the reason is quite simple. Ideologically, uh, ideological, we are so far away from each other. Mm. Let's take, for instance, the land issue from the EFF. We will never uh, find each other on that issue. Uh, the ANC, well, I don't have to elaborate on that because, I mean, the record is there. Uh, mm. They've messed up everything. Mm. It's about uh, affirmative action, black economic empowerment, uh, mm. corruption. Well, you can name all those sort of things. Mm. And I say that the moment you go in a coalition with those specifically those two parties, mm. they will not deviate from their ideology. Mm. And I mean, Julius is on record, but he openly said, yes, we, we are open for coalitions, mm. because, but then people must be convinced that they will follow our ideologies. Mm. So it's a no-go. <clears throat> so the Freedom Front Plus will not be part of that. Mm. You must ask yourself, what comes in the place then of a new government? Mm. We want in place a government that, as I said, who will govern to the benefit of the whole of South Africa. We are all South Africans, and it is to the best interest, for instance, that we must address the issue of unemployment. Mm. I see that as a priority. Mm. Uh, we must address corruption. We must address building the economy. We must ensure that we get economic growth in South Africa. Because if you don't get economic growth, you won't be able to address the unemployment issue. Yeah. Uh, and the crime situation is mm. of utmost importance. And there's one very important thing when it comes to coalitions. And that is that when we form a coalition on national and provincial levels, we cannot afford the fiasco we had on local government uh, levels specifically, like in the Joburg Metro. Mm. We cannot afford that. And to prevent that fiasco, you must ensure that the coalition partners of the government is political parties who really share some values, well, some important values, in this sense that they will, for the sake of South Africa and for the sake of the voters, to an agreement and not being bribed uh, will not, for instance, in the end, only act in their own interest, but in the interest of the electorate. Hmm. So the Freedom Front Plus has in the past um, spoken about um, who should be the presidential candidate of this coalition. Yeah. I know you're going to the con convention yeah. uh, next month, but um, do you still believe that uh, Velengosin Tlabisa of the IFP will be an ideal candidate for, for this um, multi-party uh, coalition? Okay, let me first just give the context. Yes. I said that in the coalition, it does not necessarily mean that the strongest partner in the coalition and its leader should then be the president. That's mm. the first thing. Yes. We must have a competent, competent uh, person who will become the president. Mm. And I reiterate, that doesn't mean, it's ne necessarily means that it is the strongest party. Mm. And I was then confronted with the fact to say that, uh, well, how, why do you say that? And I said, well, and I've mentioned it just now to say that you have to take voters away from the ANC mm. 
And if you create the impression that the next president is going to be a white person, you're not going to get those voters away from the ANC. With the State of the Nation address this beginning of this year, I said it in my reply. It is quite clear that the ANC will put race as a focus point in their election campaign. And I refer to that specifically because of the president with the 8th January address. He used those two young boys that were assaulted at uh, Marselspoort. Yeah. Uh, he did it on purpose. Yeah. And he said that if you're a racist, please leave the country. Yeah. I then used an example and I said to him, well, there's no court finding yet on the matter. So they, the ANC is using race as a central focus point. I mean, they came with the new regulations in terms of affirmative action. And I give you a long story now to say why I said, if you think you're going to get voters from the ANC away from them to vote for a coalition group or different parties in the coalition, and they know that it is going to be a white president, you're not going to succeed. And then I was asked, but do do I think there are such members in the group? And I said, yes. And then I referred to uh, Mr. Slabisa, because I think he's competent, but it's not final. Um, That's my opinion, but I keep with my opinion. Uh, But, I mean, it it will depend. We must, and now we get to the, the, call it the pact, let's understand each other. Those decisions still have to be taken. One of the issues and one of the, can I say, sensitive issues is how are we going to determine who is going to be the president? But we must also remember that coalitions are formed after an election, not before an election. What is happening with the pact at this moment is because of the fact that the constitution determines that within 14 days after the announcement of the results of an election, a president must be elected. So it gives us only 14 days. Now, the most important part for me in this whole convention is that, yes, and that's how I see how it should be. In public, we can say these are the political parties and they undertake to say that after the election, they will side with a coalition government so that the people can see which political parties uh, is going to be part of a coalition. And after the election, there can even be other political parties who is not part at this moment, who will be able to join. It depends. But then behind closed doors, these finer details, for instance, how are you going to elect uh, and determine who is the president? Uh, How are and which, can I say, procedures are you going to follow to determine who are ministers? Uh, To give you an example, the Freedom Front Plus we say that we don't need deputy ministers. If you're in government, we don't need deputy ministers. Mm. But there are other parties who differ from that. Mm. I say, no, we need deputy ministers. The Freedom Front Plus in our manifesto, for instance, we only have 18 ministers, a cabinet of 18 members. Mm. There are other political parties that feels, no, it should be more. Now, those sort of issues you sort out behind closed doors up to the election. So when the election comes, then most of these differences are sorted out. So after the announcement of the results, then we can come forward and say, well, yeah, we have an agreement already. We will have hard behind the scenes. 
to see where we can find each other. There will be minor issues, but we will then be forced to sort that out. Uh, and that is the way I see this whole pack issue is concerned. And as I said, I'm against the name of Moonshot and the name Pact because what the DA did is they've made the announcement on the conference without consulting any of the other opposition parties. Mm. So, and they came forward with this name. Mm. And I am on record where I say it is quite clear that the DA actually is using the moonshot pact as a branding in their campaign mm. for next year. And if we are using, are still going to use that name, then they're going to the electorate and say, well, all these parties, they all talk about the moonshot. We're part of the moonshot. So why vote for other parties? Vote for the DA. Yeah. Then they will come forward and say, now these smaller parties who have only one or two representatives or a representative, uh, don't vote for them because it's easy to bribe them and they can use examples. That's ha what happened in Johannesburg Metro. Mm -hmm. So what I say is I don't, uh, well, I'm opposed to the name Moonshot Pact because I'm not going to be part of the branding mm -hmm. of the election campaign of the DA. I feel very strong at it. Mm -hmm. That, well, the Freedom Front Plus will ensure that it keeps its own identity, its own policies, and that people will still understand that there's a difference. I will ask the voters, vote for the Freedom Front Plus, because these are our values. These are matters we think that should be handled in a specific way. And if you vote for then you can give us a stronger voice to bring into the coalition. Mm. Uh, let's take, for instance, the issue of black economic empowerment and affirmative action. I mean, our view is it must be about merit. When it comes, for instance, by, with black economic empowerment, we say, and I said it in Parliament, uh, black economic empowerment was not really empowerment. It was only black elite enrichment. That's all it was. Because it's only a few people politically connected that received the benefits. So they didn't, uh, can I say, uh, empower uh, the communities when it came to black economic empowerment. Is, is that one of the policies that you're going to be pushing for to be Yes, of course. In the we already did that in the uh, agreement with uh, local government uh, uh, coalition agreement. And you can go and look. We said, for instance, let's take affirmative action. Well, we can talk about the black economic empowerment as well, but when it comes to affirmative action, we say we only need one criteria, and that is merit. South Africa is full talents. We must get the best to do the job, irrespective of race. According to South Africa, I think it was about two, three years ago, more black professionals Africa than white professions. I don't realize that. Because there are more black people in this country than there are white uh, Is it not worse? Because there are more black people in this country than there are white people. There are more black yeah, people. So, well, it's so, only, I understand what you mean. Because so of, all statistics will show more black people doing understand. things than yeah. white people. Uh, that's one reason. Hmm. But it's not just about... Because I, I'm giving you and say more black people are leaving South Africa than whites. Because there's a perception it's only white people leaving South Africa. But the, the real issue of that is why do we have so many people leaving South Africa? Why do we have professional people leaving South Africa? I met a guy at the airport. He was a black engineer in Eskom. 
about three, four, five years ago. And we spoke. And he said, well, I'm on my way out of the country. And I said, why? He said, well, I'm the engineer. I'm qualified. I have to sign documents and take the responsibility. But my manager is not even an engineer. And he tells me what to do. But I must take the responsibility. I cannot bear it anymore. So I'm leaving South Africa. The, the, the leaving of professional people of South Africa is not, the race issue is not really the issue. I mentioned that because most people think it's only about race. Why do we lose those people? And that's the problem. But isn't about opportunities. If I was to get an offer from the PPC, surely I'd leave. I wish it was only about opportunities. But the opportunities are taken away because of affirmative action and corruption. Okay, the deployment, because they're putting people in positions where they can ensure they're part of the network to ensure that there is corruption. That's what they're doing. And that's a problem. And what I'm talking now, you can go and you'll find those many examples of that. Given the, the, the country's history, Mr. Uh, Dr. Uh, given yeah. the country's history, mm. a long history of discrimination against black people, um, the uh, policies that favored uh, white people in this country, then how do you then um, uh, resolve the imbalances of the past? What, what do you do? Uh, how do we empower yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. communities that were excluded from the uh, economy for a very long time? Mm. How do you do that? Because statistics, um, I'm glad you spoke about this. Yeah. There is a show that black people in majority live in poverty in this country, and those laws are meant to correct that. Then how do you correct those imbalances? Yeah. Okay, firstly, I want to say we must ask our question that those laws are correcting that. Did they really? No, they did not. And I'm using exactly what you've said just now, because there are much more or more black people in South Africa than white people. <coughs> Therefore, you will get that more black people leaving professionals are leaving South Africa. The same principle applies when it comes to qualifications. There are three times more black students in at universities than white students. Three times more. So the numbers you get more black qualified graduates than whites. So it is just a natural process. And that's what I say to solve that problem. Because of the natural process, of course you will get more black people into higher positions or what the positions it ever may be than white people. Because it's a natural process because of the demographics in South Africa. And that is what should be allowed to say, let the natural process go and I come back, not on race, but if you have a black person applying for a job and the black person's got a better qualification, then you take the black person because we need the professionals. We need the skills to build South Africa. That's how you address that. Okay. And then w what will happen um, to the apartheid cases um, that many are really pushing that should, they should be prosecuted? Uh, will the Freedom of Plus support the continued um, uh, prosecution of apartheid cases? No. And I've asked many que a couple of questions in Parliament already on the matter. And the reason why I say that, there was a Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and they've dealt with the issues. And I mean, there are some members of the ANC itself, Tabu Mbeki, for instance, uh, they did not, uh, uh, can I say, receive... Um, uh, uh, what do they call it? Quite scalding. Um, uh, they were not released from 
what they did because he was also part of organization that sort of things um, indemnity that's the word um, what I want to say is that we had the TRC uh, it's a page we should close in South Africa if you go and look at the prosecuting further prosecuting of some of these members firstly I want to say that let's take the police members involved they only followed orders I mean I was in the military I was only following orders. That's the way it is. And I'd say it is wrong to punish those officers who followed the orders from the government of the day. Therefore, if there's one that must be punished, then they must go and see who were the political people who approved of that. The mistake the National Party made is what they did not negotiate broad amnesty for the security forces. There should have been a decision taken uh, at CODESA to say, let bygones be bygones. And we give a broad amnesty to the security masses. What about justice? Well, the question is, if you say we need justice, uh, how far do you want to go? How far back do you want to go? Can we go back to 1899 and 1902, three, where white farmers, women and daughters were burned down the houses, slaughtered all the cattle and the livestock, the scorched earth and all that sort of things? Do you want to go back to that? How far back do you want to go? Because you must always remember, if you say, what about justice? You must always decide. Then how do you suggest the the families of the people who were murdered during um, apartheid and and during the fight for for freedom, how do you suggest that they find closure? Okay, if I answer that, how are you going to compensate the families of the soldiers who died in the conflict? Because you come that to have double standards. If you want to compensate that, they're the families, then you must also compensate the other side or else you're biased because they're not one South Africa. Then we still say, no, we're still a divided South Africa. And then the question arises, are we going to start again, trying to killing each other? Because no, no, you don't accommodate me. It's not part of the, can I say, the spirit of the negotiations. So if this is what you're going to do, then you say you want to take revenge. Well, do you want revenge? Or do we say to each other, let's stop wanting to have revenge. Let's say to each other, right, we on this ship, we must ensure that it sails. It's no use trying to put holes in the bottom of the ship. And that's my view. I don't think <laughs> justice is revenge, but let's move on. Maybe to the next point. Um, other crimes that have been committed, state catch-up crimes. Do you think the multi-party um, coalition should uh, forge ahead with prosecuting state capture crimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the course. State- of course. It's going to be a huge job. Mm. Uh, you must understand. And I said it to people. If there's a new government, when we're there, don't think it's going to be solved in one year. Personally, I think it's only, it, it will take about 10 years to get to a stage where we can say we're at a better place now when mm. it comes to corruption. Because corru- corruption is such pandemic. And it's not only the state. It is also in the private sector. Corruption actually became the norm mm. in South Africa, which is totally unacceptable. Mm. Uh, and, and I say again, that the only difference is when it comes to the government as such, is our taxpayer money that is at stake now. If it's a private company, this is the private company's 
money. But of course, and the problem in South Africa when it comes to crime, which includes corruption, is impunity. We have impunity in South Africa. The criminals, for instance, they don't fear the police. They say it openly. In fact, they go and attack a police station. They don't fear them. Uh, impunity. Let's take, and I, I know about the case now, the, the, the uh, Hawks reported at the Portfolio Committee in, on Police, where I serve on, on the progress of corruption cases. Uh, I try to think the name. Um, I know, don't give the name. I don't want to give it. I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure about the name again. But it was a person who was part of the housing project in Free State. I'll get to his name now. Uh, it was a lot of work done by the Hawks, hours and hours in it. This person, they took the case, the docket to court. The court found him guilty on two charges. On the one uh, charge, they sentenced him to 10 years imprisonment, and on the other one, five years. And then, at the end, it said it is suspended for five years. Millions of rands, you found guilty. You actually deserve a 10-year and a five-year a jail sentence, but it's suspended for five years. So just behavior as a good person, then you're all right and walking around. That, as far as I'm concerned, is the problem in South Africa. And my very last question, what is your view on John Steinhazen? Uh, do you think John Steinhazen can be able to, 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 if he was to be the face, do you think he'll be able to rally um, South Africans to vote in majority for the opposition parties? I will be honest with you. Mm. I don't think it's a fair question at this moment. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that, I mean, you must remember we are in negotiations and, and a process. I mean, if I now go on record, I think he's not... Uh, a competent uh, person to be a president. Uh, I don't think uh, that will enhance uh, the situation in the coalition. Uh, and that's why I stick to what I said, namely that uh, it's not necessary mean. It should be the strongest party uh, leader to, to be the president. Let me, let, 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 yeah, no, let me put uh, like this. Um, and I always distinguish between <coughs> politician and person. Uh, for instance, it's not that we are enemies or anything. As a person, I respect him and I like him. And it's the same with ANC yeah. members. Uh, let's take, for instance, um, let's take Johan Peterson, for instance, is now a good example when I paid a tribute. Uh, uh, even FW the Clark, I said we must distinguish between that. Mm. And I said, Tina always treated me with great respect. Mm. And I treated her with respect. We differ on our policies mm. as politicians. So to come back to your question, I will not go into that one. Um, uh, I mean, Maybe uh, can, can, I, can I say this? Mm. Not everyone becomes a party leader. And don't see it as arrogance from my side. I always say, and I said it a couple of times to EFF members, don't let your arrogance exceed your intelligence. Mm. What I say is that there must be some leadership in a person mm. to become the leader of a political party. Even Julius Malema, mm. uh, he must have certain characteristics or something in him mm. as a person to become the leader of the EFF. Mm. Uh, it's the same with John Stenhausen. Mm. He must have something in him, mm. uh, some good things, some leadership mm. uh, features in him. 
or else he wouldn't have become the leader of the official opposition in South Africa. So it's not that I say that he doesn't have certain competencies, mm. not at all. But the question is, is it the most suitable person? And uh, I do believe there are other people, and I, I said Slobisa. The way it came out from Slobisa was not the way I thought it was going to come out. It was a bit off the record, but I know there's nothing mm. off the record in the media. <laughs> but I'm not some of those people that's going to deny it. I said it. I said yeah. it. Yeah. So I stick with that. Mm. But, but my very, very, very last question. No, you, you're welcome. Do you I've this, got time. <laughs> do you think this country is ready for a white president? No. I understand you correctly. Mm. No, we're too close to apartheid stock. Mm. Because the perception, let me give you an example. And I know they're doing it already. Mm. The ANC, behind the, the scenes. Julius Malema is quite openly on that. Yes. I always say maybe sometimes, at least with Julius Malema, I know where I stand with him. Mm. We differ. But uh, he said, and I can use it because he said it in, in public, that do people want to vote for the white bars again? They will not. Mm. The ANC is doing exactly the same, mm. but they do it where nobody will pick it up. And in 2014, when Zilla was the leader, they said, do you still want to vote for the white missies? Mm. And don't make mistakes. Mm. That is a perception, pure on merit. If the best candidate is a white person, it should not be a problem. But remember what I said in the context. Mm. You are not going to get the voters from the ANC to move their vote mm. if they know that there's going to be a white person. Thank you so much for your time. Right, uh, that's really welcome. appreciate it. You're always welcome. You want to have a follow-up, you can come. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly this time. We thank colleague and Sunday Times Politics editor, Sponga Wengeshoba, for that interview. I'm Mike Siluma. Until next time, do stay safe, stay blessed, and let's do good for our country.